Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. Welcome, glad you could join us. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And very quickly, I just want to just repeat what your fearless leaders are saying. There's going to be a food shortage, but they give you no solution. Just like there's going to be an oil shortage, just they give you no solutions. In other words, it's the way they're screwing you so they can manipulate you. And you need to get outside the system. So without going into details about the product, I've said it enough here. You can go read about it at preparewithdave.com. They have not raised prices. And we're one of just a few storable food companies that's left operating right now. And that's bad. I don't look at it as a victory against competition because we have a whole nation to feed who are just waking up. So go to preparewithdave.com and you ask me how much. Well, I've arrived at a figure now. I do believe you need two years in seeds. Okay, I think two years you can start to figure things out. But if you go six months, I think they can stretch these prices out a lot longer than six months. Also, too, we are, well, we ran out of the water filters, or so we were told. And it turns out that they had some in the pipeline and uh, the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. So they talked to one of my representatives and they said, would Dave like to sell the remainder that's left? And he'll be the only one. So I'm the only rep for the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. If you look at the research at waterwithdave.com, you'll see they're number one by comparison. And they too have not raised prices, but when they're gone, they're gone. And there's no notion that they're gonna be able to replenish. So you do need, if you think Putin could take down the grid or a false flag could take down the grid, you're scavenging for water, you need these. And remember three is two, two is one. We have five because you need to think about volume of water you have to treat to basically hydrate your entire family. So you need to get more than one while you can. Go to waterwithdave.com. And final item on the list in our disaster preparedness is whatever money you leave in the bank right now, you need to be prepared to lose it. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the financial issues that are there, but the the dollar is on borrowed time right now. It's on life support. And I'm just going to say this to you. I keep month to two months, and that's it. And I'm outside the system with gold, silver, Bitcoin, gold programs, other precious metals programs. I'm pretty well diversified, but I'm also worried too, and I'm going to say this is a political statement here, not for the product, but uh, I'm looking at foreign investments uh, with countries that are gold-backed with Russia, and I don't support Russia, but digital will give the government the ability to do what Trudeau did to everybody. If they don't like your actions, we'll just seize your bank account, your property. And so I've decided my line in the sand has been crossed and I'm not a wealthy person, but I'm wealthy enough to take some assets overseas where it can't be touched. And I'm researching now. In fact, actually, I've been commissioned to produce a video series on the ins and outs and where you should go. So you'll want to watch that over on the commonsenseshow.tv. But I deal with Noble Gold for my domestic diversification and you can get information from them, but you'll have to call them because they're not pesky. They're, they won't stay after you. So go to goldbeforelate.com uh, and seek to diversify because I'm telling you, you leave everything in the bank, you're going to start at ground zero. And in what's coming, that's not going to be an easy task. So those are the three products that sponsor this show. Our advertising's out of the way, but I firmly believe in my heart and soul that you're going to need each and every one of these because we are under such assault. Our guest today is Sarah Westall, and we're going to be talking about how our children are being put at further risk. And I've got a fair amount of experience in that, as you know, when I helped Monica Wesolowski, State Department employee, get her son away from the Virginia, the corrupt 
and child sex trafficking supporting Virginia child of, uh, what is it, fa of family services, I think is what they call themselves. Oh, they're so corrupt. But this is true for all 50 states. And then we're also going to talk about the World Health Organization and how we're coming under a medical dictatorship. And this is just downright scary. And I'll have the power to decide who lives, who dies, and what our lifespan will be. Sarah, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for bringing me on. I have a couple articles I just wrote and some research that I did, and I really wanted to get this information out to people. So thank you. <clears throat> yeah, well, I can't wait to get this out. Uh, we've done some really, I think, groundbreaking stories before, but I yes. think these two topics are paramount. We have a president who should be impeached for neglecting his duties towards securing the border. He's violating the law. But not only is he violating the law, to your first topic, he's facilitating as an accomplice after the fact fentanyl and child sex trafficking. Yes. Our president it's... in this administration is a guilty accomplice in this. Where? Yeah, where are these buses going? You know, yeah. everybody should be mad as hell uh, to, trying to figure out where these buses are going. I realize that they're not... Americans, but I don't care what these kids are. <clears throat> kids that are trafficked are human beings that we should care about, and that's what they're doing. It's like this big, it's this big bonanza. <laughs> it's like they have this, this they're like in a candy store. It's well, awful. Let me just share with you how corrupt Virginia was as a lead into what you're going to tell us about Minnesota. Um, when Monica had her kid taken, it was total political. There was no charges involved, no allegations. We're just taking your kid. That's how it is. And eventually they farmed the kid out. Now, by law, they have to take, put it in a kid, uh, put it in a family that has the same values as their family of origin. So if they're Catholic, they have to be with the Catholic family and so forth. And um, so Monica did the old-fashioned way, you know, man, woman, produced the kid. Um, and, and so what they did with this kid was they put him in the home of two men, uh, and one, it turned out, ended up having a, a, a violation of sex laws with minors, mm -hmm. and two men that were homosexual, and there was clear evidence of abuse. She published the pictures, um, and uh, we drew so much attention to it, they had to move the kid before we eventually got him back. Uh, they were preparing to traffic, and what they do with these kids, here's how they get rid of the kids, and how they get them into trafficking. They put them in families, and then these families will move, and they'll disappear, and they don't try to track the kids any longer. It's they all just, about tracking. They just write them off the books, and now the kids get trafficked because there's no record they exist. Yep, it's all about the tracking. And that's the, <laughs> that's the crux of it, and they know that, and so that's what they're messing with. Not everybody in the system knows that, but they do. Well... They certainly do, and yeah. um, it's intentional, and we have found evidence of kickbacks, um, and let's put it this way, financial arrangements can be made. There was actually a deal here in Arizona, and I don't remember the two, oh, I remember the one lady's name. There was a senator, and his name might pop in my head as I talk about it. He told this senator, state senator named Brophy, who was her department, she ran Department of Child Services, DPS, um, as an over legislative oversight. And he accused her 
of overseeing an agency that disappeared 500 kids into sex trafficking. And then he came out and said she threatened to murder him. And this was at the same time, remember when those two legislators, one in Oklahoma and one in Kansas, were murdered over yeah. looking at child sex trafficking? And yeah. uh, and he, he never got murdered because people like me called a lot of attention to this. How is this in Minnesota? How scandalous is what's going on there? Well, tell the people what's going on, first of all, with the oversight, and then how bad is it? I think this could ha start happening across the country. That I think it's a canary in the coal mine um, and how corrupt things are. But what's going on is since 2000, there's a, there's a group of volunteers. They're called Guardium et Latum, okay? These are the ones that are assigned people who are good people, volunteers that want to help out kids. The vast majority of them are. And they're assigned to children. They usually have one to two cases, and each case is about three kids on average. And that's all they have. And they really take an interest in the kids. They usually go to look at their, you know, meet their teachers. They go and meet their family. They're con it's like the kid has somebody finally in their life who cares about them and gives them time. And then they show up in court and they become their advocate. And 80% of the time, the judge goes with what the uh, guardian at Latum and the volunteer says because they're the ones closest with the situation they're the level-headed adult in the room okay and it's it has been a great program it started in 1986 back in the you know i had an interview with um detective rostein who was in charge of the human trafficking pedophile networks in the country back in the 80s and his he was tasked to get rid of this stuff or to minimize it well what i learned from him is back in the 80s and 90s and probably previous to that was this underground organization it was one of the largest human trafficking rings in the country went all the way up to the united nations well this program was started in 86 and i don't know if it's a coincidence or not but it probably isn't is that when these volunteers came in 86 in the early 90s they moved that pedophile ring to its new home base in utah where they didn't have this program the traffickers don't want to get anywhere near these volunteers who are educated they're, they're usually highly skilled professionals who don't have time to um do it full time but they want to give back to the community and they think this is the best way to give back they really feel for these abused children. And it makes a huge difference in these children's lives. In fact, 50% of them end up not going back to the child care system, and they end up um, turning into more stable adults. You know, the ones who are severely abused, which are some of the stories are just so sad, um, they at least can help them get the proper care that they need. But this is what they're trying to get rid of in Minnesota. And since 2019, they, they stopped bringing in new volunteers. They, um, they have over 200 volunteers just sitting there that they haven't brought in because they claim they're assessing the program. They want to bring in $21 an hour workers and give them 115 plus kids a piece to work with. So they're taking away a child's advocate who cares about them and giving them to $21 an hour workers who don't even have, I mean, who, who, who can possibly have the time to show an interest in 115 plus kids at one point in time? You, yeah, they I mean, can't even keep them straight. There's cases in Arizona that have happened where kids will die in parental custody and CPS was in their home the day before. 
Uh, and it's just they're 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 not necessarily all trying to do a bad job. They're overwhelmed by the system and the way it's set up. Yeah, it's an and they are claiming. I was I watched the hearing, and they're claiming because they're trying to put a bill through to to change this around. The people who really care are working really hard at getting this turned around, and the people with the cert, the human uh, you know child care system are claiming that the volunteers are more expensive than the workers. And that's the problem. And everybody's like, well, this doesn't compute here. And the, the guy comes on and he says, he's the, the managing director of the program. And he says that it's more efficient and more detailed. Nobody knows what detailed is. But the efficiency thing, we all understand that. That's pure money. But nobody's talking about quality. And the woman who's charged of the whole program, Tammy Olson, is her Tammy Baker Olson. What a winner she is. Tammy Baker. Yeah, Tammy Baker Does that ring Olson. A bell? Yeah, well, that's her freaking name. There you go. Okay. And she she um, is saying that it's more expensive to have volunteers, and so we're assessing the program, and so that's why there's they're they're essentially they're essentially phasing out the volunteers is what she's what they're doing, but she's claiming they're assessing, and the trauma and abuse has only skyrocketed since the pandemic and drugs, and you know what's going on in Minneapolis with the crime. And so this is what they're trying to do. And the, the organization, the volunteer organization, even offered to pay for, because they say the supervision is what's more expensive. Right. They offered to train and pay for the supervisors. And so it's not possible. It's just not possible. This is how they create a system that makes it possible to traffic kids, period. Because the most traffic kids in the country are those, are the illegal immigrants, which is a total bonanza for these traffickers because they're not tracked. That's why they like them. Biden and company, these guys are so evil. That's what's really behind this stuff is the traffic, human trafficking. They're not tracked. The other place they get the traffic kids are on Indian reservations, which are trafficked at six times the rate of kids in the general population because they're tracked. Now, if you add a, a volunteer at Latham Guardian who takes an interest in a child, your chance of having that child trafficked goes way down to whether the, the volunteer is good or not. And, you know, you're going to get some bad volunteers, but the vast majority are good. And, in fact, there's a whole pool of people who are retiring who are professionals with skills who could be tapped to do this work, who would be honored to do it and would get a lot of meaning out of it. It, so it's a way, if we got a lot of people involved in this program, we could turn around our crime situation because most of the crime comes from the young, comes from this. But they're going, they're going backwards. The majority of the country is trying to move towards this direction, and Minnesota is now trying to go the opposite direction. And I'm telling you, you watch this. This is what's going to start happening. They want the state to take over, and all they're going to do is grind these kids to a pulp and it's going to raise crime, it's going to raise trafficking, and it's a horror show. And so I'm trying to bring attention to it on two fronts, bring attention to what, what their cycle is, what their pattern is, and make sure it doesn't happen in your state. Also, build up your guardian at Laydown Pro, build up your volunteer program, because know that when there's volunteers, it reduces trafficking, it gets more eyes and resources on these kids, and without it, the state is giving these $21 an hour workers such an overwhelming workload that the kids are not taken care of. They're, they just, they can hide them in the system because of that. So this yeah. is, I think it's a, it's a 
I talked to a lot of people in the system and I got this report done. I was horrified when I saw it. I said, oh my God, this is what they're doing. Do you, do you find that one party is more complicit in the negativity part of this than another party? Actually, no. I, it's, it, this is a bipartisan issue. The, mm-hmm. uh, Democ- actually, the one of the per- people putting the, law, the bill through trying to change this is a Democrat. I think what the differentiator between the um, who is uh, for it and not for it, are, are they part of the deep state or are they not? The people who are, yeah, the people who are not part of that cabal are, they're t- horrified on all political spectrums. This is a nonpartisan issue. But the ones who are for it are the ones who are sucked into the blackmail and trafficking. And we know that happens on both sides. The story I just told you about Arizona and the accusation and then the alleged threat, they were both Republicans. Yeah, see? I mean, that you're saying exactly what I'm saying, is that it, it's whoever is part of the deep state and blackmailed and making money off trafficking and whatever else they're doing. It has nothing to do with whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Because no, no caring adult would be okay with this. Have you figured out the inducement for people in power, how, how they get them to go along with it? Well, I... I think they have mental problems. I think there's they they pick people who they psychologically profile, who they think they can suck into their schemes, and then they blackmail them and get them sucked in that way. They want that power and that glory, but they profile them to get the people who they think will be their type of person. And when I've talked to traffickers, not traffickers, but people who hunt down traffickers, and you know people who worked within the church and things is they look for pedophile priests they look for priests who are apt to be pedophiles to get in higher positions of power because then they can use them in the system it's a common it's a common trait and so they they just know what they're doing they've gotten really good at this dave um do you know how they how the people who go along with it in positions of power like elected officials have you discovered any ways that they are compensated? Well, I think they're compensated by keeping their office. They're compensated by having um, business deals and investments. They're compensated by negatively and positively. If you don't go along, um, you will be smeared publicly. We have blackmail on you and will destroy your life. The positive side is you will be you will be in positions of power, you will be treated well by regular society, and you'll have the ability to make good money. Very interesting. Very interesting. And you'll find that. you'll f- And there are people who aren't in the system, and you'll see that the people who aren't in the system are the ones who are eventually pushed out, or there's different things, tactics they do. Um, it's a pattern you'll see over and over again. Hmm. Wow, this is so disturbing and it's so depraved. But, you know, you look at this administration, uh, they're turning a blind eye to the child sex trafficking. I've talked to Border Patrol people. They're told to ignore it when they see it in its obvious form. Like two two men have 30 kids with them. Well, yeah, and they're giving them Coke or something because they don't have it. They don't know how to take care of kids. Um, Because there was the... uh, 
one of the trafficking agents, Avila is his name, he was in charge of human trafficking and he was based out of Monterey. And he was saying that, I mean, you can just tell, he goes, I got a point to a to the point where I knew when I was dealing with traffickers, you know, if they have a kid next to them and they're just completely treating them like he used the example, he had a three-year-old that was drinking um, Coke out of a bottle, you know, I mean, stuff that just doesn't happen. So, you know, when they're dealing with the trafficker and he had horrifying stories, but these guys are um, doing it just openly now. And they also reversed a policy that Trump had uh, put in place where they had a few dozen traffickers that they had apprehended and they also had cases going where they were, you know, researching them and they got rid of it and they had to release these known traffickers and you're talking morale. I mean, these people were were released because the Biden administration got rid of this executive order that Trump had in place and they had to release back onto the street over a couple dozen human traffickers that they knew were traffickers that were hurting lots of children. And these guys, ICE and, uh, people and detectives were horrified. So you wonder why the morale is low. They're watching, they're being forced to do things like that. Wow. Can you imagine? I just, I was, when I heard about that, I was, I was going nuts on Facebook and saying immediately put this executive order back in place. And people are like, what's going on with you, Sarah? I'm like, what's going on with you for not paying attention to this? Look at what's going on. They're just so like they have the deer in the headlights. They don't understand what, how we are being undermined. It's just so incredible. I know your listeners do, but there's so many people out there who are so clueless. And it, it is incredible. The messages that I get and the cluelessness that I get on a regular basis is, is incredible. Have you found evidence? I can tell you it's in Arizona. I know it's in Oklahoma. Oklahoma had 70 kids disappear from a facility uh, several years ago, and they never even bothered to account for them. And I called them out on it. They wouldn't interview with me. So I know it's in more than just Minnesota. Do you have any estimate about how widespread this is across the country? Oh, it's it's absolutely everywhere. And the less they're tracked, the less they have advocates and people who care about them, the more at risk they are. And they also, in my experience, is they classify kids as runaways because then they can say they're a runaway that they weren't able to find when really they were probably trafficked. So look at those runaway stats. Those are usually trafficked kids. Wow. This is it just, it makes me so angry. Um, like I said, yeah, the I mean, Lord... how can we not care about the most vulnerable kid, people in our society? You wonder why crime is rising. These kids turn into future criminals, the ones that we don't take care of. You know, there are really bad parents out there, and those kids, we do want to have a place, have an advocate for them, and make sure they're getting proper care. But the ones who are trafficked, we turned our back on. Because we weren't tracking them. Go Sarah, ahead. when I worked on this issue, I came of the opinion that we should do away with all these child protective agencies and make it a police matter because the corruption was so endemic. Well, I think that if you did something like this whole Guardian at Latum, this whole volunteer programs, and you got these people involved with law enforcement, you did a, a joint thing. The, the amount of money we would save, like for the people who are talking about money, the amount of money we'd save on reduction of crime 
would be so large and our children would be healthier, our communities would be healthier, our whole world would be better. You get volunteers in there and you do it properly and then you work with law enforcement to kill the, off these trafficking organizations, we could solve it in a decade, this whole country would be turned around. But they won't do it because these it's, it's really lucrative. I mean, the sex trafficking, these kids are, are trafficked for sex and then once they're dead, they use their organs and their body in other ways because they're young and useful. It's bad. Sounds like communist China. Well, you know, I mean, that's what they do. It does sound like communist China, but it, it's a whole business operation. That's amazing. It truly is. Well, I want to get to the second topic here because uh, oh, our time really is important. limited. So uh, l let me go ahead and let you introduce that second topic and let's get into that. Well, let, thank, first of all, thank you for letting me talk about the other one because it's a passion of mine. I don't know how it can't be a passion of you know the children in this country. But this second one, um, as important as the children is, and it is, this second one is absolutely urgent. And this will be devastating for the entire world if we don't take care of it immediately. And what's happening is the... Uh, United States actually put amendments through that will cede power to the WHO when there's pandemics and world health issues. And w how it works is that and they're going to vote on it May 22nd through the 28th when they have their, this year, when they have their international with the 194 countries that come together and their delegates come together. And our great country, which we do have a great country, but not right now with the people we have in in charge, um, they put in Biden and his team, or Obama probably with his, uh, what do they call him? Uh, uh, Biden is Obama's avatar, people are saying. But regardless, they, we had uh, uh, amendments that were put through to the WHO that cedes their power over if there is uh, an emergency. And how that works is that if it's voted on in May 22nd through the 28th, which likely it'll pass, you have six months to opt out, otherwise it becomes your, your part of the treaty. Because we signed a treaty back in the, in the 40s under Truman that we agreed to the operational procedures, but one of the operations procedures was is that we have the ability to opt out of things. Well, they changed it. Well, we had the ability to opt out, but we were supposed to get 18 months and if we opt out, we can opt out. Otherwise, if you don't, then it'll just become part of the treaty. Well, they reduced this one to six months because they want it to pass in November of 2022. Okay? You've heard, people have heard about the health treaty, and the health treaty won't take effect until November 2024. Now, that will be more expansive than this, but this is enough for them to get done what they're trying to get done. What are they, they, try, what are they trying to get done? Let's outline it. Well... If there's another, if, okay, let's say that there was another coronavirus or any kind of, they could just create a uh, pandemic. Let's say cancer is now a pandemic or let's say, um, or they, you know, the bird flu or let's say there's another coronavirus. They can do, because China has amazing influence on the WHO. Gates, who's the, the highest um, funder of the WHO, aside from the United States, uh, has enormous power. These political organizations are the ones who run the WHO and the World Economic Forum, as you know. They want global tyranny. They want to control 
the society through pandemics, just like they said with the Great Reset, where they said everything's going to happen with the coronavirus being the center of it. We're going to use pan. That's what Nef- that what was that scientist um, Nafari, what's his name, um, the real nut job, who's uh, the Jewish guy who is um, is talking about the the free will is gone. He was saying that we are going to bring in a global government based on pandemics and health issues. And that's what they want to do with this. And so the only way we're going to opt, you know, well, first, before I get into that, look what's happening in China. It's a freaking hellhole in um, in Shanghai and in um, what's their biggest bank, Beijing. I mean, can you imagine they have more suicides there? Then anybody who's died from COVID, I mean, whether you, COVID's just a cold now, and they know how to treat it. So what are they doing? You know, is there something else? I don't know. It's so bizarre what they're doing over there, but people are killing themselves in high numbers. What they're doing with the, the um, their pets, rounding them up and having a garbage man just come and pick them up when they're alive in bags. I mean, I was, it's horrifying looking at what's going on there. But anyways, they have a really big influence on the world. So we, they would try to do something like that here. I know that would trigger a revolution here, and it should, but they will try to do things. The only way that we can get opt is to get out of this thing um, November 2024 when it goes live. If we don't opt out, we can still opt out. If we don't opt out, it goes live. The only thing we can do then is to defy the WHO, which would be mean that we defy the, the international treaty that we agreed to, which could mean war, or we just get out of the who altogether, which we could do. That's our legal right. But politically speaking, we'd have to get out of the who with Biden in charge. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't, uh, this is really a big deal. Does that all make sense? It does. I'm just trying to think of how to even respond to this. It's um. In other words, am I understanding this correctly? Medical authorities can supersede the political apparatus of a member country? Well, yeah, because here's the deal. Our Congress, I have people pushing back. And if you go to my website and you look at, we, I have an article that I wrote, and I have links to James Roguski, who put a website together, say, don'tyoudare.info. And if you go to that, I'll say it again, don'tyoudare.info and has links to the amendments. It lays everything out. It's a really good resource for people to understand what this is all about. But what happened is when we agreed to the operating procedure, our Congress, our Senate, our, our, our government agreed to the operating procedures of how these amendments go forward. We have the ability to opt out in the period of six months but we've already agreed and voted on as a country that we will use these operating procedures. So people who say, well, yeah, but you can't take away our constitutional rights because the Senate needs to agree on it. Well, we, they did agree. They agreed on the operating procedures. And so therefore, we have to abide by the operating procedures of the treaty. If we don't, then we have to get out of the who altogether. But we can opt out of our own amendments that we put through. The sad part is, the United States put the amendments through. So what's the likelihood we're going to opt out and what's the likelihood with this current coup regime, illegitimate president, that they will uh, opt out or leave the who if it goes live? I'm just wondering what it means, but my head's spinning on this because this is so encompassing and no one's really quite explained it the way you have. 
Let me make an analogy and have you take it from there. When Trump came into office, he did away with the Trans-Pacific Partnership, TPP, it's for sure. It's very similar, yep. Okay, you get where I'm going with that, that it's, the TPP yeah. and their 22-person panel yep. could have overridden any action by Congress, Supreme Court rulings, or executive action by the president. It's, it, the biggest, the best comparison is to the TPP. Okay, that's how I'm feeling it is, too. Yeah, and when we, I did an interview with James Rogowski, he compared it to that. He goes, that's what it really is like. And, I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. It's a major power grab. It's world government by treaty. It's world government by treaty using medical tyranny. But, you know, th that's just their, one of their first steps. We've already seen it in action, and we see how they want to use it. And we have people talking about, including the World Economic Forum, how they wanted to use the coronavirus to bring in the reset. You know, they're doing uh, global banking dictatorships and doing all this. But this is one big element because they want to use pandemics and health scares as a means for controlling societies. And it's worked. They, they've been, this has all been one big test. And now they want to put this in place because then this will give them the teeth, the legal teeth, they think, to implement it. Am I correct in assuming that the Supreme Court ruling that says that you can't force people who aren't directly employed by the government to get a jab that would could be overcome by a World Health Organization said everyone will get jabbed. That's my understanding because we would cede our sovereignty to them on this particular situation. Now lawyers will have to get involved, and it'll be a nightmare, ugly situation, and you know there'll be lawsuits and all this stuff, and ultimately we'll see how that all lands. But that's what they're going for. And it's a lot of it is a psyop too. If people believe the who says it, then you have to do it. And this is when we'll probably get it. Now I'm speculating. Okay, so I'm not presenting fact here, but I'm speculating. This will lead to age-related withdrawal of treatments, premature deaths of elderly people that could otherwise be kept alive and even functional. But we, like we won't give dialysis after the age of 50, which the um, National Health Service in the UK does now. Well, it could lead to anything they deem what the technocracists and the eugenicists deem as necessary. We saw it already with this, you know, the COVID scare where they were sending the people to the nursing homes. They have been denying proper treatments to everyone in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. I mean, this could really get, you know, and if you talk about the treatments, you were deemed a, a you know, disinformation or conspiracy theorist or whatever oh, else God. that we were deemed. I mean, it could get really bad, but we have to fight. These are this is one element that we have. They're taking, they're fighting on all fronts, as you know, and this is a major piece of it. The TPP was was a precursor to this, and we fought it and we won. We can win this, but we're not going to win unless enough people know about it. Oh, uh, you're so so correct. Let me see if I can find this. I can quote from my memory, but I like to be more accurate here. And I won't spend more than five, ten seconds looking for this. Otherwise, I'll have to go to memory. But on Breitbart, there's an article. In fact, Doug Thornton and I, XDHS officer, and I talked about this last night on our radio show. Um, the censorship that's coming, and I don't see here. Uh, no, let me see. I think it's up here. There it is. Nope. The other thing I, I want to say is that pandemic treaty that's coming live in December 2024, it's something I wrote, and then you republished my article, and holy crap, there's this pandemic. 
that is taking the airwaves away from this, which is more urgent. And it's almost like a psyop within a psyop. It is. I, I can't find it, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, what it is. Lady's name is, um, oh God, um, Nina Jankowitz. And she's been appointed by Mayorkas, the head of DHS, to head up something called the Board of Disinformation. Oh, God. And they're giving her the authority to regulate all of social media. Now, my understanding is, if I read correctly, she will not punish individual Americans at this point. She'll punish the social media platforms if they, dis if they don't disallow disinformation posts. And, and do you see this is coming in at the same time as this World Health Organization deal? This well, is designed to keep us from talking about it. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll talk about disinformation as something that'll save hundreds of thousands of lives. I mean, these guys are murderers. They're dis... I, I can't tell you how angry I am that certain things are disinformation. These guys are human traffickers. We've just established that. And now, not all of them, but a lot of them... And now they want to allow people to die. You can't talk about treatments that will save lives. I mean, I, I, this is when we're getting closer to a revolution when they start doing crap like this. And if they force it down our throat and put their knee on our neck then and force our family members to die because we can't talk about treatments, I, this is, they're going way too far. Yeah, but that's what's coming. And, and we're being ruled by such illogic. Uh, let me just use Fauci as an example. Yeah. On one hand, he says, good news. Hey, the pandemic is over. And then on the other hand, he says in the same 24-hour time period, he's lamenting the fact that masking on public transportation is a personal choice. Well, which is it? Do you need a mask because of the pandemic or do you just need a mask because we say so? Well, they, we need a mask because they say so because it's how they, it's CIA ops to, or it always has been, uh, psychological operations to get somebody to conform. It's, all, it's always been part of the brainwashing, you know, how to break somebody is use a mask. When do people rise up and say no? Well, the, we talked about the Gandhi approach and... I, I'm this. I, I'm going to be way more. I didn't walk around with a mask. I had my little card on from, <laughs> from uh, um, what's his name? Uh, oh, Sarah, the technocracy guy, Woods. And I, so I had my little card and stuff, and I rely on that to, uh, you know, walk around. But this time, I'm just going to be like, no way. I'm going to be more outspoken and say, I'm not going to allow you to destroy our country. This is ridiculous. I'm going to be a Gandhi type. I'm going to do it as best I can without uh, violence and with being kind and things, which is hard for me at times. Be very kind and, and try to educate. I'm going to get my ass kicked a lot, at least verbally, but I'm going to do my best because there is, we cannot stand for this. I mean, this is not okay. They're destroying our country. These WHO amendments are very, this is the TPP is what it is, but it's a WHO amendment. We've already lived through coronavirus, COVID. We know what they're going to do. This is what they get. It's the TTP, but with, with coronavirus or right. with the WHO. We know what this means, and we have to fight it. And we, the uh, independent media is being tricked by focusing on the pandemic treaty 
when this is more urgent. Now, the pandemic treaty is something to be focused on, but not before this. This is scary. But, you know, it's going to come down to this. The Gandhi approach is the right approach initially. But I think of another medical instrument that might come into play here if we can't correct it through the Gandhi approach. It's called the pitchfork. <laughs> so do. And uh, make sure you're all armed and you have a lot of bullets because, I mean, I don't know what it's going to go to. In the, and I'd rather do the Gandhi approach at all costs, but we just don't know where it's going to get to. My my opinion is that regardless of what I want or advocate for, this and the food shortages that are coming that are planned, um, yep. it, it's, uh, how do I say this? Regardless of what I want, violence is going to end up happening. I think they're pushing towards violence. I think they want violence. And I think it's it's going to be an excuse for them to take us over because they i think they might have realized that there's enough of us pushing back but i, I don't know I, I think we also can can look at sovereign our sovereign rights and common law courts and do some things with international law to get ourselves out of this but that takes enough people understanding what all that means and we need some really strong leadership on that side but there are some things we can do with international law and sovereignty to um protect us but we really got to get our act together and we got to get our act together fast i like to give people takeaway points on on an issue and this issue is one that demands it if you were to summarize what the who is trying to do and what our government's complicit in in assisting them what would be your major talking points well this is their worldwide tyranny globalist power grab for their one world government and this is the first big formal action that they're using to put us under that legal umbrella. Can they mandate vaccines for everybody? Yes, that's what their goal is. Any indication how they'll handle people that can't take a vaccine and they could die from it? Um, I think the same way that they were dealing with the people who were in the government who didn't were trying to get out too bad for you, go find another job or get your jab. And I think in this case, they might put you in a concentration, you know, a, a camp there you or go. something. That's been established. Are you familiar with what Ennis did in Washington state with the creation of COVID camps? Uh, no. I've published articles on that. In fact, I have, it's gone to the level, Sarah, it's not even he said, she said, or even Ennis said, he went as far as they did job ads. Oh, yeah. Advertised for positions. Yeah. We have pictures of the facilities. Why do you think they, because I, I, there was another governor um, law that went through, and I actually did a story on that one, too. I even did a little mini documentary. I, I think it was um, Ohio where they put stuff through. Same with Washington. Now, why do you think they backed off on it? Do you think they're just waiting till November and biding them time to have some of these international laws in place? That's what I'm thinking. I think they wanted to bring it in while it could still be under the radar and not draw as much attention as if it came in during a more, uh, shall we say, disputed time when people are going to say, hell no, I'm not doing that. They'll already have the facilities in place. You know, I'm going to digress for a second. Just I'm going to go back to Jade Helm in 2016. 
I had a revelation, aha moment that seemed crazy to most people, but I've even had colleagues like Mike Adams contact me and say, Dave, I didn't know about that when you said this. I kind of like scratched my head, but now I see exactly what you're talking about. And it was the creation of FEMA camps from nothing. And it started in 2012, where uh, the major league sports leagues all signed agreements with DHS under Obama. And they agreed to use their facilities for emergency detainments. And they actually used the word detainment. And that was 2012. And then it spread to the schools. There's a DHS document. I just published it again recently. That was an employee questionnaire of teachers and staff about who could do things to maintain the self-sustenance of a school facility. In other words, they're going to turn it into a detention camp um, and, and have it be artificially run. And then we started to see malls constructed. And I thought, I must be going nuts. Please don't put LSD in my food anymore is what I was thinking. Because I started looking at new construction of malls, and they deviated from the past. I even took this to architects, and I said, tell me what I'm seeing here. And what I saw was guard towers at the end of these malls. Mm. And and I said, look at this. I said, can you tell me, Mr. Architect, what would be the reason for doing it? And they go, well, there isn't any. It's not aesthetic. It's expensive. And it makes no sense, but I will not come on your show and talk about it because I want to keep getting contracts. <laughs> and and uh, I heard that from more than one. But these malls, thing. we have one outside Morana, Arizona, which is just north of Tucson. And it's just, st- I've walked it. It's like a prison camp. Well, and the schools the now, have you like noticed how too. the schools have these elaborate fences and, and yep. gated in areas that make it look like prisons? And there's, here's what I'm telling you. Out of it's not just the sports leagues. Simon Properties signed an agreement in 2012 as well. They're the largest owner of strip malls and malls in North America, and they signed the same agreement as the pro sports leagues to allow their facilities to be used for detainment. That fits right into the construction model that I started observing in 2016. And and um, in other words, they're going to have a they have a massive buildup of FEMA camps for detention purposes, and I think you nailed it. The non-compliant non-vaxxers are going to go there for final disposition. Yeah, I think so, but we have to fight each step of the way. We beat the TPP. We can beat this one. We just have to bring attention to it. Yeah, but we beat the TPP because we had Donald Trump versus I know. Mr. Dementia. Well, at, at some point, then, we just have to get off our a- a- asses and make sure that this election gets righted. And we also need to look at common law and our international law and sovereignty. We, we have to do that because yeah. I don't know if we have another, I don't know. I, I, that's where I'm leaning towards is that we got to fight all fronts. Here's the deal. We got to fight all fronts. Most people won't understand what I'm talking about with sovereignty and international law. So, and I want to protect my family. I want to protect my neighbors and everyone else around me. So I'm going to fight within their system because I get a lot of people saying, Sarah, you can't, it doesn't, you know, it's all about sovereignty. And well, it doesn't matter. We got to fight within their system because the majority of the people don't understand. Then another front I'm fighting on is understanding sovereignty and international law. We got to understand that so that the small percentage of us can at least fight for the majority. Are you talking about things like citizen grand juries? Well, I'm talking about like um, understanding 
what our rights are sovereignty wise and within international law and that we can declare ourselves um, free that there's no there's no government that can actually institute this on us and that we can declare our sovereignty and it was when we started the United States that was actually um, built baked into the United States Constitution and things have been usurped since the um, Civil War and when they brought in corporations to manage the country and that really messed up our um, our legal abilities because they put all these games in place having us be under contracts when you can to say I am out of that you can sign yourself out of it and become a sovereign and by doing that you gain rights and if they cross the line and try to force you to do these things then it's a breach of their you know and I'm not using all the right language here so I apologize to anybody in your audience that knows what I'm talking about because I know I'm gonna get nailed but it's they cannot change their jurisdiction and go against you. So if you have, if you're a sovereign and you do, you dot your eyes, cross your t's, you know what you're doing. They can't force these things on you. It's I know a lot of people that practically have um, diplomatic immunities because of how they've done their stuff. I hope you're right, but also too, you can be right on paper, but uh, the enforcement wouldn't be there to support you. it. But that's why you have to fight on all fronts because, okay, so let's say I do this, I'm sovereign, all these things. Well, the people who are trying to take me under arrest have no clue what I'm talking about and I get sucked into that anyways. So we have to fight on all, and that's what I say to people, we have to fight because the majority of the people who I love are going to be victims of this, including me in, in a lot of ways because most of the people have no idea what I'm talking about with sovereignty. And so we have to fight it up from all angles. Yeah. Well, the the sovereign citizen concept has already been labeled by DHS and the fusion centers as domestic terrorism. Well, it, but it, and they do that because they want to, but then that doesn't explain how they drop cases and give them um, diplomatic immunity and all the behavior and all the actions that they take to... Um, uh, for them, like all the privileges that those people actually get when they do their stuff right. That's what's not explained. You know, what you're saying, if we were in a law school environment, I totally agree with everything you're saying. But when we step out into the real world, these people that are running our government, and, and I am not engaged in hyperbole when I say this, they represent Satan's law. They're overturning the family. They're they're criminalizing all kinds of morality, and and they are promoting perversion to the nth degree. They allow child sex trafficking, fentanyl poisoning, and death. I could go on and on. You get the idea. Well, That's yeah, who these people are. You can't. I mean, ultimately, this is a fight between good and evil. Yeah, I mean, a piece of paper doesn't give you your freedom. That's I always right. say that this is so stupid. We get our freedom from God. I'm just saying you got to fight on all fronts. And I agree, but the yeah. common denominator, if the courts don't work, then then you have to use that who medical instrument I called the pitchfork. That's that's right. You end up that's what your last resort is, and that you have to be ready. That's why I said make sure everybody's armed and you have your bullets, and you make sure you're ready. We have to fight on all fronts. Yeah, what a mess. Um, you know, it's interesting too. Fox News is champions themselves as we're here for your freedoms my gosh 
and not a word about the World Health Organization. I know. That's what I say to my parents because my, my dad, I love my dad, but oh my God, he watches Fox News. And I go, okay, did you hear anything about the World Health Organization? If you haven't heard about the World Health Organization, then you are not getting informed. And I said that before about the World Economic Forum. Have you heard about that? Now they're talking about it, now that it's way out there. I go, well, we started talking about it two years ago, and that's what's behind all this. And it's really great. They're talking about it now. But now they have these other actions going on. Are they talking about this stuff? And they're just simply not informed. And it's important that they keep people dumbed down and not informed because then that's what they can do. It really is diversion. When you're not looking, that's what they're doing. Stop with the dishes. That's doing their most activities because it's easy. You know? I know. I know. Easy? They are going for broke on the other side. And they have a great deal of anxiety. Um, and I see it in their behavior. And they're afraid that people will rise up. This is why they do the racism card and the divide and conquer. Yeah. They don't yeah. want us to unify. And soon we're not going to be able to have forums like this because of this uh, board yep. of disinformation. And they want to just bring it in on us. And there's no awareness and no chance to organize and resist it. And this is this is not an accident that they're creating. By the way, Europe did the, uh, I forget the name of the act. But Obama and Hillary Clinton actually lobbied the EU to do this, uh, to pass Internet censorship of the same nature that we just described with DHS. And it passed two days ago. And then just yesterday, this whole board of disinformation comes out with this uh, lead. By the way, the lady that's going to run it, she had the same position in Ukraine, Mm -hmm. in Belarus and Russia. These people are very evil. And we have to rise up united. Um, the problem is some people are still so sucked into the propaganda. It's really hard to get them out of it. It is. But, but Tara, it, i got to hold it right here because we're almost out of time. And if I don't do this, I'm not doing you justice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry to cut you off. But, but uh, people are going to want to know more. Okay. And you right now are doing the most on this of anybody I know. So tell people how they can find out more about what you're talking about and how they can follow your work. Yeah, go to sarahwestall.com, sign up for my newsletter. That's the most important way to stay up to date on everything that I'm talking about. You can see articles that I read. If you want to know more about these amendments to the WHO, which is very important, you should be talking to your family members, your coworkers, anybody who will listen, go to don'tyoudare.info and get the information. Everybody should be aware of this. And don't be afraid. Uh, Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is having fear and still moving forward because it's the right thing to do. What's the name? That website is don'tyoudare.info? Yep. I will be going there this morning Um, because we need to attack this on all fronts. It's, It's just thinly veiled. You see, if this came out of the UN, people would rise up and they know it. They're just trying to bring it in under the radar this is their submarine yes, um, it is. Sarah I want to thank you for joining us very informative two issues here today very productive and we're going to promote this far and wide so thanks so much for joining us on the common sense show thank you Dave appreciate it